This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Friend, this is Rick Renner, and today I'm at the Pushkin Museum of Fine Arts right downtown Moscow. And behind me is a magnificent column, 15th century, from a German cathedral, and it is surrounded by prophets of the Old Testament. And this is Moses. And you'll notice that prominently on his head, there are what looks like two stubs or two horns. And often, if you see the very old depictions of Moses, he has horns. You may say, why does Moses have horns? Because there was a very early translation which poorly translated bolts of glory. And it translated that when Moses came down off of Mount Sinai, he had horns of glory. So early sculptures and early paintings often depict Moses of having horns. <laughs> but when you study the Old Testament, you find there were two primary types of prophets. One is depicted by the Hebrew word nabi, which means a prophet who primarily hears words from God. The second is the word raha, which depicts those who see things. They were typically called seers. So there were hearing prophets, there were seeing prophets. Sometimes one prophet could be both. And when we come to the New Testament, we find there are still hearing prophets and there are seeing prophets. The data is the same, but the way they receive the information is different. And the Old Testament and the New Testament is very explicit about these particular two kinds of prophets. And today we're going to dive deep into the word prophet to see what we can extract. Jesus gave the gift of prophet to the church, and the prophet is still with us. So we need to understand who and what a prophet is. But first, I want you to see this. If we believe the internet and the many posts on social media, we could conclude that apostles and prophets exist in large numbers on the earth today. But how do we know if their claims are true? How do we know if someone really is an apostle or prophet? In Rick Renner's foundational new book, Apostles and Prophets, Rick reveals how these responsibilities in the church must operate and teaches you how to clearly identify correct and false teaching. I wrote this book so we can understand biblically what the Bible says about the role of apostles and prophets and how they are to function in the last day's church. And by knowing what the Bible really says, we can avoid deception. And my prayer is that this book will strengthen your faith and the faith of your family. When you call or go online today and get Apostles and Prophets, you'll learn how this essential teaching has been overlooked in the modern church and why it's important for every believer to understand the Bible's definition of these roles. And now for this limited time, you can get it for just $30. Through its detailed information and illustration, Apostles and Prophets allows you to explore and imagine what it was like in the early church and how early church leaders operated within these ministry gifts and will make this book a treasure for you and your family for years to come. Call now to get Apostles and Prophets for just $30 or go to renner.org. Great as a gift or for your own Bible study. Don't miss this special offer. My friend, I really want you to get a copy of Apostles and Prophets. You need this in your home. 
library. You know, in the early 90s, there was a real mania in the body of Christ about spiritual warfare and spiritual weaponry. People were teaching all kinds of things about the devil, and some of it was good, and a lot of it was really bad. And the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to write a book which was called Dressed to Kill. Do you have a copy of Dressed to Kill? I wrote this book to help bring a balance to the subject of spiritual warfare and spiritual weaponry. And when I wrote this book, I did not understand how God was going to use this book. And today, this book has been distributed by millions of copies all around the world, and it really became the go-to book on the subject of spiritual warfare and spiritual weaponry. And now, just like the Holy Spirit impressed me to write Dress to Kill, I have felt Him impressing me to write apostles and prophets because the new mania is everybody calling themselves an apostle or a prophet. Some of them are, most of them are not. And those who wrongly call themselves apostles and prophets, I believe do so because they really don't understand what the term apostle and prophet means. And today and in the next programs, we're going to be talking about what is a prophet. We need to understand what the word prophet really means so we can identify who is and who is not a prophet. But I really believe that you need this book. And my friend, I want you to order it. It will make a difference in your personal understanding of five-fold ministry gifts. And this is a very important subject. And today I'm going to be teaching from this book. But we're also offering you my series by the same title. It's based on these programs. It's called Apostles and Prophets. It's 15 parts. Their role in the past, in the present, in the last day is church. And of course, it comes with a wonderful study guide. But you can order all these things by going online right now. Or you can give us a call. And by the way, when you reach out to us, please tell us how to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And when you tell us how to pray, we will really effectively put our faith together with you for God to do something wonderful in your life. But today, we're going to see what is a prophet. Today and in the next programs, we're going to be looking at prophetic ministry. And again today, a lot of people call themselves prophets. Some of them are, and a lot of them are not. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul wrote these important words. He said, and he, that's Christ, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. And according to these verses, these five-fold ministry gifts will be functional in the church until the very end of the church age. And since we're still in the church age, that means that apostles and prophets, along with pastors and evangelists and teachers, are all to be perpetually active in the church. But what's really important in the Greek text is this word some is repeated over and over and over. It says, and he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And every time the word some is used, it really means he gave emphatically, categorically. It is like an exclamatory mark. You could literally translate, and indeed, he gave some apostles. 
beyond question. Indeed, he gave some to be prophets. Indeed, he gave some to be evangelists. Indeed, some to be pastors and teachers, or you could translate it, and he emphatically gave some to be apostles. It is emphatic. He really did. He emphatically gave some to be prophets and so on and so on. So Christ has indeed categorically and emphatically placed these gifts in the church, and they are to be active in the church until the end of the church age. Well, in previous programs, we've been talking about the ministry of the apostle. And I told you that when I was growing up, I was reared in a wonderful church that really set me on a very strong doctrinal foundation. They taught me to love Jesus, to love the Bible, to love the lost. And I'm so grateful for the church that I grew up in. But we were cessationists. That word cessationist is based on the word cease. And it means we believe some things ceased at the end of the apostolic age. For example, we believe that the gift of the apostle ceased. There were no more apostles after the apostolic age. We believe the prophet ceased at the end of the apostolic age. We believe that most gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased at the end of the apostolic age. All these supernatural things we believe ceased. Now, what is amazing is we were very selective about what we believe continued. For example, we believe the evangelist continued. We believe that the pastor continued. We believe that the teacher continued. But we selectively believed that the apostle and the prophet ceased. And we only allowed the three to really operate in our midst. But you know what's interesting? Those that we called evangelists, usually really were not evangelists. They were prophets. We just didn't realize they were prophets. And actually back in those days, we thought that if you were not a pastor, then you had to fall into the category of evangelists. That's why people like Kenneth Copeland, who really is a bona fide prophet, back in the early years had the Kenneth Copeland Evangelistic Association. Brother Copeland was not an evangelist. He was a prophet. But back in those days, people were not typically called prophets. And if you weren't a pastor, well, then what were you? Even if you were a teacher, you weren't received as a teacher. Anything but a pastor was just lumped into the umbrella of an evangelistic association. But when I remember the so-called evangelists that came and preached in my church when I was growing up, they were not New Testament evangelists. You say, well, who were they? They were prophets. They came to call God's people to repentance. They didn't even preach to the lost. They preached to the church. They called the church to renew their passion to the Lord, and the altars were filled with church people recommitting their life to Christ. Evangelists always have supernatural equipment of signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Those who came to our church back in those days, like real prophets, called us to repentance and called us to the altar to make some kind of an exchange with God. They were prophets. They were not evangelists. But we didn't believe in prophets, so we just lumped them into the category of Evangelists. Wow, so many prophets were called evangelists. Isn't that amazing? We just didn't understand that the gift of prophet had continued. We did the same thing to teachers, people that were Bible teachers. We didn't know there was such thing as a teaching ministry, so we just said they had an evangelistic association. Again, anything that was not a pastor, we called an evangelist or an evangelistic association. Maybe you remember those days. But we were what was called cessationist. But today, I want you to understand, 
I am a full-fledged continuationist. You say, well, what is a continuationist? A continuationist is one who doctrinally believes that all fivefold ministry gifts and all supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit have continued from the first age of the church and will continue to the end of the church. They will always perpetually be active in the church. And if you believe that all fivefold ministry gifts and all gifts of the Holy Spirit are still active. You are also a continuationist. Say amen. Doctrinally, that's what you are. But what is a prophet? Well, historically, the word prophet was a general term used by all religions. And when I say all religions, I mean pagan, by Jews, even by Christians. The word prophet was used by all religions, pagan, Jewish, and Christian. And they used it to describe any person who was a conduit, a channel, or a voice for the spirit realm. And this is one reason why if you read the Old Testament, you read, for example, about the prophets of Baal. Even Baal had the word prophets to describe their priests. They were prophets of Baal. That word prophet described any person that was a conduit, a channel, or a voice of the spirit realm. And again, pagan, Jewish, or Christian. For example, we read in 1 Kings chapter 18 about the prophets of Baal that Elijah encountered and defeated on Mount Carmel. They were called prophets of Baal. The same word prophets that was used by Jews and later used by Christians. And again, the point was that the word prophet was not only a term to describe one of God's prophets, but a general term used in every ancient religion to depict any person who was a conduit, a channel, or voice for the spirit realm. And this is very important for you to understand. Now I'm going to jump over to page 280 in my book because I really want you to understand what the word prophet means. But when you come to the Old Testament, we're talking about God's people, we find that there were two primary words to describe Old Testament prophets. And these two words didn't just describe the prophets, but it described the manner in which they heard things and received things from God. The first word is the Hebrew word navi. The word Hebrew word navi describes speaking prophets. These were prophets who heard words and impressions from the Lord. They heard them and then spoke them. Then there was a second word, the word ra'ah. And the word ra'ah was a Hebrew word to describe seeing prophets. These were prophets or seers who saw things. They saw things in the spirit or they saw things in their mind's eye. These both categories of prophets all received the same data, but they received it in different ways. One prophet heard it. That's the word Navi. The other prophet saw it with his eyes or saw it in the spirit world realm. That's the word Ra'ah. They all received the same data or the same information, but the manner in which they received it was different. This is very important for you to understand. But let's look at this word Ra'ah, which describes a prophetic seer, a prophetic seer. And when you study the Old Testament, you will find there were many prophetic seers in the Old Testament. The first to be called a seer was the prophet Samuel. And we read about this in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9, where the Bible says, Before time in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, thus he spake, Come and let us go see the seer. And you're going to see in just a moment, 
that Samuel himself was called a seer. But in 2 Samuel 15, 27, the Bible says, And King Saul said unto Zadok the priest, Art thou not a seer? So according to this verse, Zadok was a prophetic seer. We're told in 2 Samuel 24, 11, And when David was up in the morning, the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's seer. So Gad was a prophetic seer. In 1 Chronicles 9.22, the Bible talks of Samuel the seer. So Samuel was a seer. In 1 Chronicles 25.5, it says that Haman was the king's seer in the words of God. So Haman was a seer. In 1 Chronicles 26.28, it also speaks of Samuel the seer. Many times Samuel's called a seer. In 1 Chronicles 29, 29 and 30, the Bible again speaks of Gad the seer, affirming again that Gad was a prophetic seer. In 2 Chronicles 9, 29, it speaks of the visions of Edu the seer. So according to that verse, Edu was a prophetic seer. In 2 Chronicles 19, 2, it speaks of Hanani the seer. So according to that verse, Hanani was a prophetic seer. In 2 Chronicles 29, 30, it speaks of Asaph the seer. Most of us think of Asaph as a musician, and indeed he was, but according to this verse, he was also a prophetic seer. In 2 Chronicles 33 verse 18, it speaks of the seers, plural, and according to this verse, there were many prophetic seers in the land at that time. We're also told in Amos 7.12 that Amos was a seer. And again, these category of prophets called seers saw things in their mind's eye or the spirit realm was parted and suddenly they saw into another dimension. These were prophetic seers. And very often they saw scenes or they saw pictures in their mind, in dreams and in visions or even in open visions, things that you could not see with the natural eye, but they could see with their spiritual eye. And once a seer had seen what God wanted to reveal to him, then he had the responsibility to declare it, to articulate it and to interpret it for the intended audience. But these seers had prophetic insight. Listen careful. Old Testament prophetic seers have the ability to understand the root issues and situations and circumstances and people's motivations, agendas, and plans. They had the keen vision. Listen to this. They had the keen vision to see into a matter, evaluate the problem, and understand it in depth. They were seers. They could see things. Prophetic seers had extraordinary insight to counsel and provide wisdom, as well as to bring divinely inspired solutions. They also had prophetic foresight. Old Testament prophetic seers had the ability to see into the future, to see things before they happened. They had the visual acuity to predict events that would occur in the near or even in the far future. They also had prophetic hindsight. This is really amazing. Old Testament prophetic seers had the ability to also see things in the past. They had the ability to comprehend things that had occurred in someone's past or events that consequently affected the present and could potentially alter the future. These seers had eyes to read the writing on the walls of a person's history and a powerful prophetic ability to see and read someone's personal and spiritual background check. They were prophetic seers.
This is very important. But when you study the Old Testament, you find again there were two categories of prophets. First, the word navi, those who heard, they heard God say things, and then they spoke the word of God. And secondly, the Hebrew word ra'ah, those who saw things in the spirit realm, not with their natural eye, but with their spiritual eye, they could see things. And once they saw things, they then were to articulate what they had seen or to interpret them to the intended audience. But when you come to ancient writers in the secular Greek world, we find that they also use the word prophetes, which is the Greek word for a prophet, and they use it in a very important way. For example, Herodotus and Plato use the word prophetes, which is the word prophet, to describe one with the ability to interpret the will of the gods. Euripides and Aristotle both use the word prophetes, which is the word prophet, to picture a divine expounder, a divine interpreter, or a mouthpiece for the gods and the spirit realm. Sectus Empiricus, who was a noted Greek philosopher and physician, used the word prophet, the Greek word prophetes, to picture one who was a divine commentator. Wow. What I want you to see today is the word prophet was not new to the Bible. It was not new to the New Testament. It is an ancient, ancient word that was even used to describe mouthpieces for the spirit realm among pagans, among Jews, and among Christians. Now, friends, we're really not interested in what pagan prophets have to say. We're very interested in what the Jewish prophets had to say and what Christian prophets have to say. But just like in the Old Testament, there were Navi, those who heard words and spoke them, and Raha, those who saw things in the spirit, they were prophetic seers, and once they saw, then they were to communicate. We find that when we come to the New Testament, there are still hearers and there are still seers who are active in the body of Christ. These are two of the ways that God works through prophets. Wow, we're just getting started. There is so much for us to cover. But when we come back, we're going to dive deeper into what is a prophet and how a prophet operates. And my friends, it's very important for us to understand who is a prophet and who is not a prophet. So please don't miss any of the subsequent programs. They're really going to be important. But I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you. These days, a lot of people are being called apostles or prophets. But are real apostles and prophets still alive, well, and operating in the body of Christ today? In this much-needed, powerful series, Apostles and Prophets, Rick Renner covers what an apostle is and what an apostle is not. What are the signs of a true apostle? Why would anyone claim to be an apostle if he wasn't an apostle? What does the word prophet really mean? What do we know about how real prophets do and do not operate? What about false prophets? This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. And right now, we urge you to get Rick's new book, Apostles and Prophets, their roles in the past, the present, and the last days, with over 700 pages of information to help fortify a solid foundation underneath your life for the special introductory price of $30. Joseph Z, founder of Z Ministries and best-selling author, says, armed with his Bible, historical examples, and decades of tenured experience, Rick has produced a scholarly manuscript 
masterpiece that will right-size the mania, purge the dysfunction, confront willful ignorance, and cause celebration among the lovers of the Word of God. And Flashpoint host Gene Bailey says, this is not a stuffy manual on how to be an apostle or prophet. You will want to keep this book nearby the next time a question arises on the subject of apostles and prophets. Don't miss this exciting offer, the 15-part series, Apostles and Prophets, and the insightful and penetrating book, Apostles and Prophets. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many, and we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building, and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pave this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. My friend, we have covered so much information today and we're just getting started on the ministry of the prophet. What a prophet is, how a prophet operates, who is a prophet, who is not a prophet. And as we continue these programs, please stay with me because this is important for you to understand. And I'm offering you my series. It's a 15-part series based on these programs, which is called Apostles and Prophets. Their roles in the past, in the present, and in the last day's church. And it comes with a study guide so that you can read all of it while you're seeing or hearing the series. And we're also offering you my book by the same title, Apostles and Prophets. Look at this book. My friends, this book is amazing. Oh, how I want you to have this book. In the very center of it, there's a full color section to illustrate everything that I'm teaching in the book. My friend, I know you're going to devour this. And I'm not trying to sell you a book. I'm trying to get you something that I believe is going to make a difference in your life. And you ought to buy several. This is definitely a book you're going to want to share with your pastor or to with anybody who really loves the Word of God. You're going to dive into it, and so are they. And it's going to really set them straight on a really important matter about apostles and prophets. Please order yours today. And remember that if you need prayer, we want our phone to ring right now or for your email to show up in our inbox so we can release our faith for Jesus to do something wonderful in your life. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we thank you for the amazing word of God and that you address every single issue that has to do with our lives.
Thank you for setting us straight on such important thing as apostles and prophets. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit to teach us. And I speak a blessing into my friend's life in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you in the next program, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Hey friends, we're coming to an area near you and we want to invite you to come to one of our meetings. Sunday, February 5th, we're going to Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs and we will be with pastors Mark and Linda Coward. Then on Sunday, February 12th, we're going to be at Legacy Church with Pastor Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Then on Thursday, February 16th, Denise is having a women's meeting at the Stony Creek Hotel in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. On Saturday and Sunday, February 18th and 19th, we're going to be at the Living Word Christian Center with Pastor Mac Hammond in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And on Sunday, February 26th, we're going to be at Faith Family Church with Pastors Michael and Vicki Bang in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But please go to our website to affirm all these times and all these dates, and we look forward to seeing you there. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. 